2 Corinthians 5.15, Paul says that Jesus died for all, so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Now that last expression there, that Jesus died for the sake of those who trust him, that Jesus died for our sake, says that Jesus died for their sake and was raised. Now the modifier there, so for their sake, it says that Jesus died for their sake, it applies to both of those verbs. It means Jesus died for their sake and he was raised for their sake. Jesus died for our sake and Jesus was raised for our sake. So I got to thinking about that. What does that mean? Jesus died for our sake. That's what we celebrated on Good Friday. We know what that means. We, we know and love that, that Jesus died in our place, that he took on himself all that we deserve so that we might be saved. Right, as we looked at on, on Friday, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every single one of us to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So Jesus died for our sake. We know that. But what does it mean that Jesus was raised for our sake? Now, it's clear that we get the benefit from Jesus' death, and he doesn't, right? Because he died. <laughs> so he does the dying, and we get all the benefit. But then, when we think about the resurrection, who benefits from Jesus' resurrection? Well, kind of he does. I mean, he gets to live again. How do we benefit from Jesus' resurrection? This is a kind of an unusual phrase. How is the resurrection for our sake? I mean, of course, we're here we're on Easter Sunday. We like the resurrection. But what's in it for me? <laughs> what's in it for us? How is it for our sake? And so there's one other place in Paul's writings where he talks about the resurrection being for something. And so let's go now back to the passage Nate read for us, Romans chapters. 4 and 5, the end of Romans 4 and the beginning of Romans 5. And we're going to pick up at the last verse of Romans 4. Where it says, Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is so much like theological language right now that your eyes are probably already rolling back in your head. And I forgot to put blanks in the sermon guide handout thing. So you're like, now what do I do with my life? So justification, peace with God, therefores, all of this stuff. Let's unpack this a little bit. So just to restate what Paul is saying, Jesus rose from the dead for our justification so that we could have peace with God. So these are, these are immediately sequential in Paul's mind. Jesus raised justification, peace with God. This is an important linkage for us. And then he says at the end there that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him means he's there and we have peace with God because he's there. Through him. He's between us. Okay? So here's the, here's the main point of this morning, what I'm arguing here, how the resurrection was for our sake, how the resurrection was for us. What happened? That Jesus was raised in part, let's say, Jesus was raised, I mean, there's certainly a lot of reasons why Jesus was raised, but Jesus was raised 
to bring us personally into the welcome of the Father. Jesus was raised to bring us personally himself into the welcome of the Father. So Paul says here we are justified and we have peace with God because Jesus was raised. And those are two things that we don't have without the resurrection of Jesus. All right, so now I'm going I'm to try to uh, translate this to some of uh, experiences that we might be more familiar with. Imagine that uh, you got a, you got a kid, you know, your, your little boy, Bobby, right? He's, you know, a little rascal, right? Well, this other kid about his age knocks on your door after school one day. You don't know this kid. You're thinking, oh, he's selling Boy Scout stuff or he's selling wreaths or like, you know, baskets of popcorn or something. What does this kid want? And he says, hey, my name's Joey. I'm Bobby's good friend. Bobby was telling me how a lot of times when he comes home from school, you make him, uh, you put a frozen pizza in the oven, you make him a little pizza, he gets to play some video games. And uh, I want you to do that for me. He, he told me to tell you that you should do that for me. And also... I know that Bobby's got a birthday coming up, and he also wanted me to tell you that he, wanted, he, he thought you were probably getting some of those presents already, and he wanted me to have a look at them. Like, if they're wrapped, he said I can go ahead and unwrap them. He said I can maybe take one or two of those. So uh, that's what I'm here to do. So let's go ahead. Let's, why don't you go ahead and get that pizza in, point me in the direction of those presents, and uh, let's get this party started. How would you respond to that? You say, get out of here, kid. <laughs> You got some guts, buddy. I'll give you that, but get out of here. But now imagine the same kid in the same scenario, but Bobby's there. Bobby says, hey, Dad, this is my buddy Joey. Can we have a pizza? Of course you can have a pizza. Why don't you guys go play some video games? Hey, you just had that birthday. Why don't you pull out those presents? And why don't you guys play with some of your birthday presents? All the blessings that my son gets... All the gifts and the benefits that, that accrue to him for being my son now are being given to this other kid who a moment ago was a stranger, but they're being given to Joey through Bobby, my son. You see this? So we come to God, separate from Jesus. We're like, hey, you know how you, know how you love Jesus? Uh, all of that I want. All of, all of your favor that you give to him, all of the blessings that come to him for all that he has done right. I would like to have those. I want you to hear every time I talk to you. I want you to hear. I want you to answer me. I want you to give me favor and grace. I want to do all the, I want all these things. And Jesus, and the Father's like, who are you? You got some guts. I see you, buddy. I know who you are. You know, it's not even just that this is a kid you don't know. He knows us. And he's like, you're the kid that's been throwing mud at my garage door all week. You're the kid that's been keying my car. Get out of here before I call the cops on you, right? The Father doesn't want to have anything to do with us. But then Jesus brings us to the Father. Jesus is raised to personally bring us into the welcome of the Father. We are here now in Jesus' name. Right? We stand before the Father. We're, everything we do in relation to God is in Jesus' name. I'm here, God. Look at me as being identified with, my identity is now in connection to your son. My identification is, is Jesus's. I'm Jesus's. I'm in him. I want you to look at me as being in him. So let's unpack how this works a little bit. The first thing Paul says here is justification. Look with me back in chapter 4, verse 22. That's where we'll pick up 
Paul says, that is, what, that is why faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness, but the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also, because it's going to be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Righteousness, Paul says here, is counted to us. That's what justification is. Jesus was raised so that this righteousness might be counted to us. Jesus is righteous. Right? He is, God says, this is my beloved son and I'm really, really happy with him. He does all the Father's will perfectly and completely. Right? He says, it's finished. I did it all. I did it all right. I did it all perfectly. Jesus, therefore, deserves all of the blessings. He deserves all of the promises that God made. He deserves those things. They belong to Him. He's the only one. We are not righteous. Right? We deserve nothing. I mean, technically we deserve something, but it's not good. But Jesus brings us into a relationship with the Father in such a way that Jesus' success is counted to us. That Jesus' intimate relationship with God the Father is counted to us. And so now, listen to this. The righteousness of the Son of God is counted to us. What did we do? We just believed in Him. The righteousness of the Son of God is counted to us who believe. That's what Paul says there. We are counted righteous simply because we trust the righteous one and we stand before the Father connected to Him. The affection of the Father for Jesus, His Son, spills over to us and so we get the benefits that Jesus alone deserves. So He is raised for our justification and He is raised so that we can have peace with God. This is the second thing in that chain. Look with me now in chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Do you get this? Jesus was raised from the dead so that He Himself could introduce us into the Father's hospitality. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, we are now welcome to be where Jesus alone deserves to be. You know, imagine going into a room in your house and there's a kid you don't know standing in there. What are you doing here? Who are you? Right? Jesus, if it's your kid, you would never say that, right? He, he deserves to be there. He belongs there. But now through Jesus, we're brought to that same place. So imagine this kid, uh, Joey, right? You observe their relationship and you see that Joey trusts your son, Bobby. He recognizes all of the admirable traits that you see in your son, that all of the reasons you love your son. You see that Joey appreciates those things. He recognizes that your son has the value that you see in your son. You, you see that there's a genuine friendship there, a genuine real relationship. How are you going to treat that kid? You're going to treat him like family. You're going to say, hey, you're a good friend of my son's. You're a friend of mine. You're, our house is open to you anytime. 
And anytime you see Joey out, you know, you guys are going to get custard and they're, hey, why'd you come with us? Let's get you, you know, you want some custard? Let's go do it, right? We're going to go to Six Flags. Hey, why don't we invite Joey? Hey, we're going to go to the ball game. Why don't we get, Joey? hey, you guys want some hot dogs? You want some soda, right? You're going to pour out your blessings on that kid through his relationship with your son. Those who trust the father's son, those who trust Jesus Christ, the son of the father, who understand who Jesus is, like the father truly understands who Jesus is. He truly understands what Jesus did. But when you and I put our faith in him, we're saying, I understand a little bit who Jesus is. I understand a little bit what he did for me. I understand a little bit what this means. And so when the father sees that we appreciate Jesus the way he appreciates Jesus, the father is well pleased. The Father is well pleased with us. And so we have all of the gospel benefits. We're not just where we are in Jesus' name. We have all that we have in Jesus' name. I was put in mind of a couple of verses in Ephesians. Look at these with me here on the screen. This is how Paul opens the book of Ephesians. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, where? In Christ. With what? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Mikasa isukasa. That's what this is saying. The Father's saying, Come on in. You're in Christ. Get on in here. He says this almost same kind of thing in the next chapter. Chapter 2, verses 6 to 7 says, God raised us. Now, here's the same kind of merging of the resurrection and this special access that we have to God. God raised us up with Jesus, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice this recurring emphasis here. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward who? Us. How? In Christ Jesus. Where are we? We're raised with Jesus. We're in the place that Jesus deserves to be. What do we have? We have all of the riches of grace that Jesus deserves. We don't deserve them, but we have them. In Christ Jesus. Friends, here's what this means. When the Father sees you, what does He see? Oh, He sees my sin and shame. He sees my filth and folly. No. When the Father sees you, He sees you in relation to Jesus. This is this, this re- reoccurring phrase dozens and dozens of times throughout the New Testament. We are in Christ. We are in Christ. Why does that matter? Because the Father's looking down on us, and where are we? We're in Christ. It means we're in relation to Jesus. God loves His Son with an unimaginable love. He loves you and me with that same love in His Son as we put our trust in Him. I tried to say this earlier. Let me try to say it again. We are attached to Jesus in the Father's eyes at an identification, identity level. Who are you to God? You are Joey, Bobby's son, or Bobby's friend. You are you. I am David in Christ. I am David raised by Jesus. 
This is an identity level change. Jesus was raised, and so he brings us himself into the welcome of the Father. Now, what does this mean for us? What does it uh, mean for us to have this kind of access? What are the implications or the applications of this? What does it mean for us to have all of these undeserved blessings? Now, that's pretty much what the rest of the story of discipleship is all about, that since we are in with God, like Jesus is, how do we live this life like Jesus did? Now that we are in with God, we have this relationship, how do we live this life like Jesus lived? There's uh, many general ways to, to think about this. Go back with me to 2 Corinthians, if you could. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the verse that we started with this morning. Let's look at that one more time. It says that Jesus died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Jesus died and was raised for our sake. What should we do? We should live for his sake. Jesus was raised for our sake, and we are raised and given new life for his sake. So what does that mean? It means live with the Father the way that Jesus lived. Live to hallow his name. So that the people in your life more and more come to think, you know what, God is different. Their God is different and he's good. Live more and more so that his kingdom advances. So that more and more people in your life say, you know what, Jesus is really great. And wherever he commands, blessings abound. Good things follow. Live more and more so that people do God's will. So that you do God's will and God's will gets done. Because isn't, wouldn't that be nice for a change? Breaking news. God's will's being done. That would be great. One specific benefit we read about here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. This is an appropriate one to raise on Easter Sunday. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 14, We know that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. We know that he who raised Jesus will raise you. How do we know that? Why should we be raised? Right? I, I, when I think about myself, I don't think I'm very raisable. I don't think I deserve to be raised with Jesus. But... We know that we will be raised because Jesus was raisable, and so we'll be raisable too. Raisability is one of the benefits that comes to us, one of the, the things in the refrigerator of God that comes to us by hanging out with Jesus after school. It's one of the blessings and benefits. You remember that, that verse in Psalm 16, the apostles bring this up in Acts several times. They say, God promised David that you will not let your, see your, holy, you will not let your holy one see corruption. Jesus is the Holy One whom God would not let see corruption. Jesus was raisable. He was special to God. 
He did all God's will, and so God was not going to let him lie moldered in the grave. He raised him up. And that, though we don't deserve it, is one of the things that we get. Jesus deserved it. We don't deserve it, but we get it. Paul goes on. He says a few verses later, the consequence of this particular knowledge, this particular blessing, is that we don't lose heart. We keep living our life in Jesus' name for the Father's glory, working the ministry of reconciliation, working to extend grace, and we don't lose heart. Why don't we lose heart, right? Is it hard to live for God out there? Absolutely. It's so hard. It's hard to live for God with our failing bodies, in our challenging relationships, in this fallen world. It is so hard to live for God. But we can without losing heart because all this belongs to you. All what? All this righteousness, all this resurrection, all this welcome, all this peace, all this grace, all of these blessings belong to you. And there's not a single one of them that can be taken away by anything that is done to you or by anything that you do. They are yours in Christ and He secured them for you by well, bringing you personally Himself to the Father. Alright. Friends, know this today, that what you deserved, Jesus took. That's Good Friday. Here's what we're celebrating today, that what Jesus deserves, you get. You get it. And even by his resurrection, even in that, he continues to bless us. It's his resurrection, but we still get blessed. We still get brought into the welcome and the hospitality and the generosity of the Father. So let me encourage you this morning as we close to believe in all that Jesus does for you. When you stand before the Father, you are not the worm you used to be. You are in Christ. And then, therefore, in Jesus' name now, live. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this good news. We thank you that our Lord Jesus Christ didn't just die for our sake, but that he was raised for our sake. And that through our Lord Jesus Christ, we now have peace with God and access into this grace in which we stand. That all of, all of his many perfections and beauties and glories and successes are somehow, they are counted to us simply by faith so that we can now go where He alone deserves to be and we can enjoy what He alone deserves to receive. And yet here we are, and this is what we have. And so Lord, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, as we celebrate all that He has done for us in this, would you help this to be more meaningful to us in terms of how we think of ourselves before you? as being in Christ, and how we live. How we live our lives as being living in Jesus' name and for His glory. And so we ask all this in His name. And we ask that you would let this word dwell in us richly. In Jesus' name, amen.